superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It floats left. This is the Rich Eisen Show. And the Jets win it in overtime. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. And the Yankees walk off into the postseason. Well, is it long enough? Is it long enough? It's no good. It hit the upright. It's no good. I tried not to predict what was going to happen and how I feel. And had a few emotional moments this week just thinking about all the people that have really meant so much to me. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. Senior writer for the MMQB. Albert Breer, Chiefs tight end, Travis Kelsey, plus Chargers defensive end, Joey Bosa. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hey everybody, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about. What a wild weekend it was. Week four in the NFL, college football, the wild card, and Major League Baseball matchups for the playoffs are set. We're all ready to roll. The NBA is about to start their preseason action. So much to discuss. 844-204-RICH, the number to dial here on this busy October program. Brockman and Del Tufo in their spots. A good Monday morning to you, gents. What's here. up, Rich? Good to see you, TJ Jefferson, here on this Monday program. It's How a are pleasure you? to be here, Rich. Good to have you here, and good to have you wherever you're taking in this show on NBC Sports on Peacock. If you're watching this... Uh, yes, this is a beautiful blue shirt uh, on uh, on radio, uh, on Sirius XM, Channel 211, NBC Sports Audio, or the Rich Eisen Show, Terrestrial Radio Network, or you're streaming us on Odyssey. This is a beautiful blue shirt that I'm wearing, and um, and there's lots to discuss at 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Man, I remember when Leon Washington came back to play the Jets. That was really intense for me. <laughs> I liked him. Good player. You know, look, um, it was an out-of-body experience for me just to see Tom Brady on a field in New England wearing a uniform that wasn't a New England Patriots uniform, and we knew it was coming. We were one of the shows that just talked about it ad nauseum last week, and proudly so, because it's one of the biggest revenge games that we've ever seen in a uh, in in North American sports, and um, the question is, is how much of revenge really was it? You know, the, not everyone was wearing anything on their sleeves last night, and uh, if it was, it would have been washed off by the rain. And it was just weird for me to see Brady out there in a Buccaneers uniform, out on the field, coming out of the visitors' locker room in a spot where he was for twenty years and winning six banners in that building. And it 
I can only imagine what it was like for him. It had to just be totally weird. And I bet you deep down today, he is relieved that it's done. Uh No doubt. Anybody who's had a wedding or a bar mitzvah or a confirmation or anything, you look forward to it. It's really, really intense. You, You try and soak in the experience, but once it's over, you're like... All right, let's get back to normal life right now. Yeah, 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 I can yeah. only imagine that's what Brady must feel like today. Yeah. And Belichick, too. And Kraft. And everyone in the Patriots organization. Mm-hmm. And Patriots fans. Like, okay, that's done with. Yep. Because, and, and the Bucs, it's just like, okay, you know, it's a, it's a team effort. <laughs> Bruce Arians even said last night, you know, it's Brady versus Belichick. You know, I mean, there's 22 guys out there. On offense and defense for us, you know, 52-man roster, 53-man roster. That said, how many times do we on this show and do you taking in this show here on shows out there, well, it's Brady versus Peyton Manning, Brady versus Breeze. We saw that three times last year. Brady versus Breeze. The number of times that we saw Elway and Marino and Montana versus fill in the blank. And those guys are never on the field against each other, ever. Mm -hmm. They are trying to answer and respond to the other person's performance, but never really out there. I mean, when the Ravens and the Titans hooked up in last year's playoffs, we had Eddie George and Ray Lewis on because it's rare to have that's the those are the matchups like running back coming downhill Hall of Fame linebacker trying to fill the gaps and they meet but when you're talking quarterbacks you really never see that part like you could talk about a defensive end or a defensive tackle or a receiver with a corner but last night really was in my estimation, Brady versus Belichick. Or Belichick's, as Steven got some run last night. His tongue got a lot of run. And you take a look at Brady versus Belichick. All week long, it was like Brady versus Belichick. He wanted to stay. Belichick didn't want him. Belichick wanted Jimmy G. Brady wanted Jimmy G out. Kraft wanted Brady happy, but he needed Belichick happy because Belichick is the great time, all-time great coach. And it was, you know, that that was the versus all week long. And then the game happened. And the versus was Brady versus the Patriots defense as coached up by Bill, Steven, Belichick, and the rest of that staff. And that was what football can be so great about. I mean, football, obviously, it's a physical game, and we love the physical nature of the game, which is why we get all crazy about these targeting calls and whose fault is it and the head is down and does it hit the strike zone that they saw when they actually tried to make the tackle. We love physical plays. We love seeing the ball broken up. We love seeing big hits and big tackles when they're legal. But it's such a cerebral game, too. And that's the beauty of the brains and the brawn together on a field and a team aspect. And that's what we do love about football so much. And last night, I'm not an all-22 guy. I can't sit here and explain to you, 
you know, the shells that were being put out there and the dropping back into coverage or coming here and all of that. But you could definitely tell that Brady wasn't getting the same look from the defense pre and post snap in consecutive snaps very much last night. Collinsworth pointed out that every ounce of Brady's brain matter was being used up to figure stuff out. And who knows Brady better than Belichick and who knows Belichick better than Brady. And that was a matchup last night. Now, again, the players have to execute. And Matthew Judon is incredible. I mean, what a terrific football player he is. And the rest of the Patriots defense doing their job. And Brady trying to figure things out. And the patience that you have to have as a quarterback that the Manning cast showed over the last couple of Monday nights is that the defense baits the quarterback into trying to be too aggressive. Will the quarterback who wants to throw and make big plays hand the ball off when the defense dictates it? And how often will the quarterback do that in a row when the defense dictates it that much in a row? That's the stuff we saw last night. And two guys who had been in in an office meeting room together and film rooms together for 20 years. Now, practice being practice is one thing. This is the real deal stuff. And then the kid on the other side, who the Patriots are now putting their full faith and credit into, and Mac Jones, 19 straight completed passes. He seems to have mastery of the offense as it is being run, and the defense dictating to Mac Jones, the Tampa Bay Super Bowl Winning defense dictating to Matt Jones, you have to throw it because we sure as hell aren't going to allow you to run it. Minus four yards rushing. Yeah, the line can't block anybody. It was, uh, but you got to step back and you got to get that quick game out. And Matt Jones appears to have that thing down pat, not making many rookie mistakes at all. And the first touchdown of the night belongs to Matt Jones. And who responds to Tom Brady coming down the field and scoring in the second half? But Matt Jones looking like Tom, getting the ball out fast, looking like an offense that New England is used to seeing, efficient, mistake-free, difficult to defend, the quick passing game. Unbelievable. And could you believe it? with one answer after another after another, becomes a field goal game because Brady can't get the ball in the end zone. Zero touchdown passes for Tom. That hadn't happened all year long. 51% completion percentage for Brady, his lowest completion percentage as a Buccaneer. And the last time he won a game with 51% passing and zero touchdowns was as a Patriot. In week four of 2019 against the Bills, hmm. who he, you know, used to own and might still again <laughs> later on this year. You never know. Or not. And it comes down to a Belichick coaching decision. Who'd have thought that? Who'd have thought that? Would it have to be like, well, Mac Jones is getting blown out. The red wedding, as Tom Curran thought it would be. <laughs> Didn't happen. Didn't materialize. New England did its job. Mac Jones did his job. Defense did its job. Frustrating Brady, making sure that Mac Jones wasn't going to give Brady that much of a short field. The special teams 
wildly did at one point. Or pardon me, the uh, one of the running backs whose name escapes me right now fumbled a ball on a pass, gave him a short field. At any rate, comes down to a Belichick coaching decision, <laughs> which allows us to second guess one of the greatest coaches of all time. I don't understand why when his quarterback has 19 straight completed passes at one point in the game and had a, you know, an interesting throwaway in the end zone, don't make a mistake. Because he did get the three points that you needed. And with 50-some-odd seconds left in the game and fourth and short, you don't send your rookie quarterback out there to make another short pass. You send your kicker out there, and Nick Folk, who had made 36 consecutive kicks in a driving rain, a 56-yarder. Long enough, but not accurate enough. What a night, man. Loved the game. Smart football, fascinating football, intriguing drama throughout. Brady did get the record most passing yards all time with Drew Brees in the house, and they were in hurry-up mode, so the the, the ref, Vinovich, ran the ball out to him, and he's just like, yeah, great, take it, and you you can do something with that one. I got to keep going. They didn't stop the game right there. Fournette had a good night. Mac Jones, 31 of 40. I mean, took the lumps and kept on ticking. And I got to be honest with you. Had Folk made that one, Brady would have had two timeouts and 50 seconds to go. And you saw Aaron Rodgers with 37 seconds to go and no timeouts do what I think Brady could have done anyway, which would have just put you, sir, in New England in the same position as the rest of us which is watching Tom Brady do his thing yeah, at the end I th- of the game. Yeah, I think game. a lot's really being made about that. I wasn't feeling that at all watching the game. I, I was just kind of enjoying it, and then when the football game started, it was a football game, and I think the big winner last night was Mac Jones. He was the clear-cut big winner because now Patriots fans can be like, look, our guy went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. He looked kind of better than Tom Brady looked in Brady's early years. He set a record for most completions consecutively by a rookie, matched Brady's all-time mark in his just his fourth game. I think Patriots fans should be really happy today. Yeah, they lost, but kind of whatever. This team's going to be so much different and so much better in two months, six weeks, eight weeks from now. Mac Jones clearly won the night. It was Tom. Tom struggled. I think Tom was kind of overwhelmed by the moment. Of I going think back so, there. too. He'll never admit it, but I think clearly he looked off. And um, this is all about Mac Jones for me, watching the game. It was. It's just real strange, and I think, TJ, you can chime in here if you want. Real strange, and I, and I, I say this with the ultimate of respect. No, I'm, I'm, I love I'm about to be disrespected, and that's what you're I'm not being disrespected. <laughs> you're not being disrespected. You're not. Well, you're, you're not. just all due respect. I know that. <laughs> I, it's just really strange hearing a Patriot fan talk about moral victories. It's just – it and and – it's well, just I mean, again, that's you're, the you're, era that we're in. It is the era that you are in. I don't want to be delusional like other people no, in, this, you were, no. in this room. And so I, I that's why I'm not, just, I'm not disrespecting you. Yeah. I just, it's just for the rest of us, which is what I said to you when Brady left, yeah. the day that he left, welcome to the rest of us. Welcome to the rest of us where Brady comes into your building and wins. Welcome to the rest of us where... You know, moral victories do matter. Yeah, the thing so, that does case. separate you, and I think it, in terms of New England, for sure, the hoodie man, that guy, 
can coach. That guy might not have the interpersonal skills that people think he should have. Yeah, who cares? Although, although, <laughs> although, although they did talk after the game, which I thought was terrific to hear, but also, to be honest with you, strange. Like, really? Why? Because the two of them could have had a conversation at any time, at any point over the last several. What have they got to wait till he's in the building when we all know they're talking? Like, if you're talking, if you want to be private about stuff and take him. I mean, going into the other team's locker room? When would he have talked to him, though? Anytime. When? There's Zooms. There's anything. You could fly out. There's summers. There's, you know. Yeah, you're busy. You're getting ready for the season. I guess Tom's doing his spring. workouts. I mean, there's I so many different times that you could have know. conversations in the last year and a half, too. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, we'll just wait till you come in the building, and then I'll come in your locker room afterwards, yeah, and we'll, we'll have a talk, up. and then the whole media will know that you're – talking to me because I went into the other team's locker room and you're delayed talking to the rest of the media for 20 minutes. So everybody's sitting around, where's Tom? And we'll find out where he is. It's just, to me, it's like when you're talking about two private men, which they are, and I totally respect their privacy. I just thought that was weird. Power move by Bill. I thought, but it's great. Yeah, it's great. Because the two men, if there is a need for closure, I'm glad they got it. Right. Because as Brady told Michelle Tafoya when she said this is going to, you know, do you think this could be your last game in Gillette? Like, how does that, you know, how do you, what do you think? And his answer was like, uh, you know, I'm going to be part of this community for a long time to come. He's going to have a statue outside. Of course, he's going to have his red jacket. He said he'll be at games. He's going to come back to games. Of Of course course he will. Of course. Of course he will. And Belichick will be the coach most likely when he's coming back to the game. Seriously. (laughs) Maybe. Because Bill is not, Bill's not retiring. To step. I mean, that was an incredible performance by the Patriots last night, when so many of us didn't expect it. Yeah, it no, was I, incredible. I, I, Mac I, I, Jones is ready to roll in their offense. Yeah, wish and they, wish they could run the ball. And the defense did its job last night once again with a, a star in, in Judon, mm-hmm. a star. And other star players who don't have the star credit because they play in New England. And a guy in the middle whose name is Guy. Right. You know, who plays his head off. They play their heads off. And I just thought that was so much fun to watch. I can't imagine, again, you just gave voice to it, what New England fans thought of it. And and, and I, I just, again... It's it a moral victory is worth having. Patriot fans, I saw some Patriots fans have issues with talking about moral victory. Certainly, when Curran talked about it, because I follow him, and 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 it's just like, hey, look, to anybody last night who had a problem with what they saw out of New England and the Patriots, or booed Brady, <laughs> check yourself, because your twenty years that you had, nobody else has had, and nobody else may ever have again. And it will never be that good again, no matter how good Mac Jones is, because there's one Tom Brady. Again, a winner in Foxborough. How about that? What a night. So much to discuss on this program. Let us take a break. When we come back, Matt Nagy has spoken about Justin Fields' performance, his first career win. You know who also got their first career win yesterday was Zach Wilson of the Jets. 
Rookie quarterbacks looked very good this week, starting with Trevor Lawrence in week four. And Trey Lance got in the game, and he got more than just a cup of coffee thrown into the deep end of the pool, which is the NFC West at halftime against the Seahawks defense. But wait till you hear what Matt Nagy had to say about Justin Fields' performance and his status moving forward. Oh, boy. And we will talk about the AFC West and the Packers' resurgence and the Giants and Jets and the Bills winning on the same weekend. I mean, that was something else. The baseball playoffs are set. It is Yankees at Red Sox Tuesday. It is Cardinals at Dodgers on Wednesday. Let's go. That's your wild card matchups. I mean, just you want to talk about like gold standard baseball franchises in the wild card round. Yankees at Red Sox, Cardinals at Dodgers. That's wow. all set up. Wow. 844-204-RICH, you're all set up as well. When we come back, good old Matt Nagy and then Albert Breer will make heads or tails of all of it. The MMQB. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed this is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on our Rich Eisen Show radio affiliates across the country, along with Peacock and Odyssey and Sirius XM Channel 211. We'll get to Albert Breer in just one moment here from the uh, uh, Sports Illustrated world and the MMQB world. Rookie quarterbacks. That's what this week was all about, taking a look at them. It's going to be their first full month of football, first four games in. How are they maturing? And Davis Mills getting shots, too, for... The Houston Texans, my word on that front. But in terms of the five first-round drafted quarterbacks, Mac Jones last night in front of the whole country, boy, did he look like he has mastery of this quick passing game. Not a lot of splash plays, but I don't know what the Patriots' offense is all about. Nope. 
you know, it would be helpful to get one of those big chunk plays, those big pass plays. Um, maybe he can develop into that. Maybe Nelson Aguilar can be that guy who can take the top off. A 30-yard pass play to Aguilar was the largest pass play last night. Uh, Trey Lance got in the game. Um, I proffer to say Kyle Shanahan when he wanted Trey Lance to start playing significant football, not because of a Jimmy Garoppolo injury, but that's what happened. He got into the second half of a game, middle of a game, so they couldn't even game plan for him. They might have had some plays for him, I'm sure, that they were busting out, doing it on the fly. Not optimum, but he did on a busted play to Debo Samuel. 76-yard touchdown pass. Um, Trevor Lawrence, we saw in the loss on Thursday night. 52-yard bomb to Chanel. These guys are all in a run, too, right? Zach Wilson, first career win. He looked terrific in the second half against the Titans. Needed to make plays, and he did. An overtime win for the Jets, a 53-yard pass play to Corey Davis. And then the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields to Mooney. Mooney. 64-yard pass play. And he had a couple of big-time plays Mm -hmm. to Mooney. David Montgomery did the rest. We'll get a news update on his health status. They feel like his knee injury is not season-ending. Great stuff. Good stuff. As I said, when Justin Fields got in against the Browns, he's going to get in, and they're not taking him out. That's what you do with these rookie guys. You leave them in there. Get them their feet wet. Certainly after they got their first career win, let's use that momentum and that confidence building. So here comes Justin Fields next for the Chicago Bears. Wait a minute. I'm being told it is the exact opposite. Roll Matt Nagy on Monday. <laughs> May, will you explain clearly for us how you're gonna how you're going to decide who's playing quarterback yeah solely on Dalton's health are you evaluating Fields performance in light of the improvement from so so when we when we work through this whole process um we got to see where Andy's at health wise these next two days that's important because like we said this whole time you know um when Andy's healthy right when he's healthy he's our starter he's the one Justin's the two Nick's the three so what's been great about this you know, the last couple of weeks is Justin's had the opportunity to to play and get significant steps, and he's grown from it. So now we just got to see like where where is Andy's health at. Um, honestly, the the next two days will will be revealing to us. And then once once that happens and we get a feel for where he is, then we as coaches decide, okay, hey, where are we at right now? How do we feel he is percentage wise, Andy, to be able to to uh, to go into that game as the starter? So if he's so if he's healthy, if he's good to go, then he'd be the starter. Correct. Oh, boy. Let me just say this. I really like Matt Nagy a lot. He's been great to come on this show. He sent us the the uh, the visor that he wears because we told him, hey, you're part of the bald brotherhood. We think you should wear a ball cap, man. You right. need to you could protect the dome. So let me help him protect the dome. I'm not, again, in the meeting rooms. I'm not in the film rooms. I've just been around this game enough 18 years and know what fans think and how this all works. This reminds me of Anthony Lynn last year after Justin Herbert came in for for Terod Taylor and he kept pounding the table for Terod Taylor and we're all sitting there going, what are you doing? Where's Anthony Lynn now? Coordinating the offense in Detroit. This is going to get you got, Matt Nagy. And the crazy thing is they drafted him and he's got the opportunity. you got another year. Like, attach yourself to the hip. The whole country's going to know if you can... The whole country's going to watch this thing and we're going to, everyone's going to give him a pass. Because it's his first year. We all understand it. I, I, I mean, if they put Dalton back in, I do not, I, it 
forget it just doesn't compute i can't even find the words it's my job to find words for a living <laughs> that's what gets coaches got in this league gotta keep going with it justin fields keep going bears fans are are excited you're gonna tell them here comes more medicine they want the spoonful of sugar yeah, I just quoted Mary Poppins. Again, I'm trying to find words. I'm trying to find words. I'm going with Julie Andrews. That's This doesn't compute. The hills are alive. I mean, yeah, my friends are just expialidocious, Rich. All right, I don't get it. Is all I'm saying. I don't get it. To help us get it, Albert Breer. Thank you, Albert. I know I'm a little late to go get you, but how are you, Albert? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad... Uh... You can speak to this subject, too, because I know you're experienced in, um, in seeing how Justin Fields is able to deliver daggers into opponents, right? <laughs> hey, oh, listen, listen, brother. I'm 5-0 I'm and oh right now. I'm feeling it. Just, just won in Wisconsin for the first time since 2001 when Tom Brady came off uh, the sidelines and became the greatest player of all time. And as uh, last night, as they were going through the NBC introductions of the uh, – of the offense, I paused the entire family. I'm like, here come the three greatest words in the English language. And I paused and it went, Tom Brady, Michigan. That's it. Over. <laughs> Argument ends. Argument yeah. ends. But what's going on, Albert? What can you tell me? I know that you were in New England last so, night and we'll talk about it. But why, why, would, like, why would they go back to Andy Dalton when, you know, clearly Fields getting reps showed some improvement? Some of the throws he made against the Lions, they were eye-popping. Quite frankly, yeah, and, and you know what? Here, so I'm gonna I, like just give me a little runway here, Rich. Sure. I, I want to explain something that I think is like really important here, um, just as far as where this decision is gonna go. And I talked to Nagy last night, and um, you know, I do. He said the same thing to me that he said to the Chicago media this morning that it's Andy Dalton's job when he's healthy, and I understand he has to say that. So, like, here's sort of the way this breaks down to me. Last week, going into that game against the Browns, right? The Browns defensive coaches studied the preseason tape from Justin Fields. And what they saw basically was two separate offenses, right? Matt Nagy's under center offense sort of looks like the McShay Shanahan offense. The shotgun offense looks more like the Andy Reid offense, right? Which makes sense because they got similar roots. What the Browns coaches found was that the under center offense, like Justin Fields looks so much more comfortable in it, right, in the preseason. So they got themselves ready to play against the under center offense. Instead, in that game against the Browns last week, the Bears rolled Justin Fields out there, and he was under center on just four of 45 snaps. And I, so I circled back with some of the guys I know at Ohio State, and I asked them, and those guys told me that they actually put in under center concepts because they had no under center stuff um, when Dwayne Haskins was the quarterback the year before Fields got there. They put under center stuff in expressly to make Justin Fields more comfortable because they felt like he was better under, under center, too. So, you know, I think for a lot of people on the outside, it was sort of baffling how the Bears weren't under center more with Fields against the Browns in week three. Here's the thing, Rich. They adjusted. Yeah. Yesterday, Justin Fields was under center for half of the snaps. And – like, lo and behold, he looks so much more comfortable. And when I talked to Nagy last night about it, he said, we really made an effort to communicate with our players and communicate with our coaches this week and be really honest with ourselves about what we could do to help the quarterback. 
And that's the part of it, Rich, that to me, like, I look at this and I'm like, listen, I understand Justin Fields isn't completely ready for the full breadth of running that offense. But, man, if there are things that you can do to make him comfortable, you and I both know there's special talent you can bring out there. And I think yesterday sort of illustrated how if you just do a few things and you get the running game going, Justin Fields can bring in a dimension of the offense that Andy Dalton can't. And maybe not only can you win in the here and now, but you can build something for the future. And so, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just like look at some of the mistakes they made in week three. And I look at Matt Nagy and his staff being very honest with themselves about it and correcting them in week four. And now they've got some positive momentum behind their young quarterback. And, God, wouldn't it be a shame if they pulled the plug on it going into week five? Of course. When you've kind of got some good mojo going there. And so, and I heard your Anthony Lynn comparison there. And I don't think Justin Fields has yet done what Justin Herbert did last year, which Justin Herbert took the decision away from Anthony Lynn, right? Like, there was no decision to make at the end. When Tyrod Taylor was back through no fault of his own, there was nothing that he could do. No, so let me, let me, Herbert, let me just yeah. jump in. Let me just jump in on that, Albert, because there's a couple things that you said as the Bears are about to head to Vegas uh, at Las Vegas, and the Raiders are going to have a, a short week, although it's not a long flight from Vegas to, uh, to Los Angeles to play tonight. But look, it, it's excellent coaching when you realize we have not done what we need to do, and let's look ourselves in the mirror and make some adjustments ourselves, and then it succeeds. And I understand that Herbert forced the hand of Anthony Lynn last year, and Justin Fields may not be as ready to do that right here and right now. But we'll, we'll force the hand our Bears fan base that would be out for absolute blood if they stick Andy Dalton out against the Raiders and Max Crosby turns him into the lawn ornament that he, you know, might be. And suddenly then what? Like, how do you not just go and just do this thing with the kid and keep making these adjustments and have his flash plays do what you need yeah. to, you know what I'm saying? Like the flash plays that we saw this week against the Lions means the Browns didn't break him. You know, he was yeah. not broken by the Browns, which is your fear that he will be physically, if not mentally broken and thus useless. So what's the, I don't get it. I don't right. understand. And, and, and that's the thing is like, you know, it's, and it's not just, and that's the thing that like is intriguing about it too, right, Rich? Like, this isn't something Justin Fields didn't show in college. Like, we all saw the hit that he took from, from Skalski from Clemson last year and what he did, like, two plays later. We saw him go in the medical tent against Michigan and what he did on the next play after he got out of it, you know? Like, we've seen this quality in him before. So, I'm with you. I mean, like, I just think that there's this, there's this opening there now for them where I think a part of the equation, Rich, and this is a really important piece to it that I think fans miss sometimes. A coach, the, 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 the number one thing a coach has to be able to do with a quarterback, like as far as getting him in the lineup, he has to be able to sell him to the locker room, right? And up until this point, like maybe Justin Fields was up and down in practice and maybe it was a little harder to sell him to the locker room. Mm -hmm. And that locker room is full of guys who've been in the playoffs two of the last three years. Now you got something to sell him, right? Like now you got, now, now you're like, now you, now you got like the way he played against Detroit to sell him. And, I mean, like, if there's any way, and I'm not suggesting that you play with injuries or anything else, but if there's any way that you can kind of take some time to extend this window a little bit and just see what happens with Justin Fields over the next couple of weeks and see if he's able to take the progress from week three to week four and make the same sort of progress from week four to week five and then make a decision, like, to me, like, that's the ideal scenario, right? So if you just – 
I, and I and I again, like I hate to play these games with injuries, but if you couch it as being close, being careful with Dalton, you maybe get a little bit more that you can see from Justin Fields, and then then maybe Justin Fields does what Justin Herbert did last year, where he takes another step and he really seizes the job and takes the decision out of Matt Nagy's hands. Albert Breer of the MMQB here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, uh, so. Game over last night. Everybody's like, where's Tom? Or everybody then watched Belichick walk into the visiting locker room. I mean, that that, that had to be something last night, yeah. right? What happened? It, it was it was crazy because, you know, I, I, there were a couple of us standing there. And um, so the press conference room is right across the hall from the, from the locker room there, the visiting locker room. And, you know, I look up. And, and, and this was like, I mean, like, and you've been in these situations, Rich. Like, I mean, this was – we're getting to, I mean, 45 minutes after the game had ended, and there comes Belichick basically in street clothes, you know, walking down the hallway by himself, no handlers around him, nothing, just walking right down the hallway and directly into the Buccaneers locker room without asking. I've never seen that before, you know, or a visiting coach without even, like, consulting with anybody, hey, I'm going to do this, just walks right into the locker room, you know. And so I think we all had sort of an idea of, of what he was doing because Brady hadn't come out yet. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it was, I, I, to some degree, like I, I sort of remember other points. Like I can remember other points in, in, in Bill's time in New England when he's done that. Like, like I remember he and Josh McDaniels when they played in Denver, like had an agreement, like let's not make a big deal out of, you know, what happens in the field. Let's just – go meet by the buses after the game you know it sort of felt like it was one of those and then you know indeed of course it was that's what it was uh bill was in there for 24 minutes and uh, my understanding was there's a wall in the in the in the visiting locker room at gillette and belichick and brady just snuck behind that wall and spent 24 minutes behind that wall and i don't know if we'll ever find out what was said um but that's a long period of time and that sort of setting to be spending with somebody so I think for that sort of, I mean, to me, like, it's like if, if you went in the, into that thinking, like, it would be really cool if Bill and Tom somehow got some sort of closure mm-hmm. on everything that's happened the last couple of years. I mean, we didn't get to see what that closure looked like, and maybe we'll never get to know what that closure looked like, but it certainly did feel um, when, when Belichick walked out of that locker room, I think it was 12.32 a.m. Eastern, and then Brady walked out about 90 seconds later. It did feel like maybe they got that closure behind that wall. Wow, it's, it'd be, we want that wall. We need that wall. They go behind that wall. And so, yeah, I, I hope so too because, you know, but before even before that conversation, Brady had told Michelle Tafoya on the field, you know, I'm, I'm going to be back at games. You know, I'm going to be around this community for a very long time. So obviously, you know, that he still had felt welcomed enough and 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 maybe Belichick understands and he you know everybody who knows Bill knows he's a human you know I mean you just don't you you just see the yeah. persona on, on the on the podium you know um but I'm sure there were parts of him that had to hear all week long that you know that he he was the one who uh you know rejected Tom's feelings and anything like that I mean these guys are attached at the hip forever in the history of football. Like our grandchildren's grandchildren will be talking about this relationship. And so I, yeah. I am glad that, it, as you pointed out, that if there was some fences that needed to be mended, and I think that there were, that there was some sense of closure. I just found it interesting that they did it 
you know, with the whole press waiting for them. Like, this was kind of a show yeah. in a way, even though it was private. Right? Yeah, and I, I don't think he tried to make a show of it. Like, I think Bill was just sort of matter-of-factly walking down the hallway. He had his head down. He was, you know. No, sure. We've all seen him like that before, like trying to avoid eye contact and just kind of quietly walk in the locker room. So I don't think he was looking for attention or fanfare. I don't think there was any way to avoid it. You know what I mean? Like, but, I mean, you know, to me what's interesting about it is you, you know, I, I think one of the things that Bill probably struggled with, and this is just me talking, like nobody told me this, but this is just me like having observed him and having you know been around that team for 17 years, um, you know it, it sort of reminded me of a conversation I had with Drew Bledsoe. And when Drew went back to get inducted into the Team Hall of Fame, you know Drew recounted this story. And he said, you know, he was really nervous because things didn't end well for him there, and he really felt like he'd been kind of like misled, and there was just some bad blood there. And so he goes back, and you know they they bring him out for like this in-state practice they have during training camp before inducting him into the Hall of Fame. And um, so, you know, they bring him out there, and they're going to introduce him. Bill, what's going to happen here? And Bill walks up to him and gives him a big hug. And it was – and Drew said to me, he's like, he started asking me about my wine. He started asking me about my family. He's like, it was a totally different person. And he said to me, it's like almost like Bill had just like like systematically moved moved me from professional life to personal life yes. and i remember i remember having a conversation with bill a few years before that rich and it's so interesting because I, I i said to him you know i had somebody compare you to carnegie bill and he said well, well what does that mean and i said well the thing about carnegie was this is you know what you hear is that he was so disciplined in his professional life and so hard on the people who worked for him and he got the best out of them but he was really really difficult to work for and then he would go home, and around his family, he was philanthropic, he was warm, he was funny, he was a, he was a good guy to be around. And, and I said, like, Carnegie was so disciplined about compartmentalizing his life, and I had somebody compare you to that. And Bill just looked at me and said, well, it's flattering to be compared to Carnegie. <laughs> and so I think that's sort of where we are, you know what I mean? Like, where... Bill, you know, you sort of, I think Bill with most players would wait until a guy's retired and then move a guy from his professional life to his personal life. Um, But in this case, it sort of felt like, all right, if there's anyone there's going to be an exception for where I got to do this before the guy retires, it's Tom Brady. And maybe that's what happened last night where maybe, and this would be a great result, right? I think it may be last night Brady got moved from that like professional category for Bill into the personal category. Outstanding, Albert Breer. Thanks for the call. You drive safely wherever you're headed, and we'll chat soon. Thanks again. All right, thanks, Bryce. Appreciate it. That's some fantastic insight from Albert. Maybe that's what happened. Moved from the professional to the personal. Because, you know, barring a Super Bowl matchup, that's the last time they'll face each other. Unless Tom plays till he's 50. Yeah, in four more years, Tom will, you know, the pass Which is possible. (laughs) Great stuff. Let's take a break. Your phone calls when we come back. Travis Kelsey, top of hour number two, is the Chiefs won in Philadelphia. They're back to 500. That's next on The Rich Eisen Show. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Rich Eisen Show. We're going to back here on the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Um, all right, Chris, this is, this is new for me. All right, so you have to bear with me here. All right. I don't know where my glasses are today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not I don't know. Down. I think I might have brought them home or yeah. something. I don't know where they are today. You only got one pair? I Well, here, here. at the studio. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, but you leave a pair here. I leave yeah. a pair right, here, right, right. and I thought I left them here Friday. Right. I don't know where they are. Yeah. <laughs> I want to take some phone calls. Okay. Oh, so you can't oh, see. Can't right. see. But can't it, see. it's literally the font is that small. Well, you're I've far, reached you're that part of my life. You're far-sighted, and so you can't see. I don't know what I'm sighted. Yeah, you're far-sighted. Yeah, far you can't sighted. see up close. Can't see up close. Yeah, okay. like I right. am. Right. Well, I mean, I, I look over the steering wheel professionally. Yes. You know, I'm very good at that sort of thing. <laughs> So, I, I, you, you want to call out uh, who it is? Cause sure, I, we can just go. We can just go right down the line. Okay, just go Allen Atlanta line one. Allen Atlanta, buddy? you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Al? Morning, Rich. Uh, I'm gonna go around the room real quick. TJ, I want to say thank you to your Cowboys for showing the country Amen. exactly who yeah. the Panthers are, and they are who we thought they were. Oh, well, you're welcome, Al. <laughs> so it's the least I could do personally. Yeah. So, uh, what, what, TJ and Del Tufo, or TJ, oh my God, Rich and Del Tufo. Yeah. I want to thank your Yankees for losing just enough to set up a great day of 162s and giving Aaron Judge the chance for his first walk off. Hit yes. of his career Oof. and yes. setting up the best rivalry in American sports in a one-game playoff. Okay. Love it. Okay, love it. Yes. Well, you're welcome. And you're welcome. Brockman. We we did a lot to make uh -oh. that happen. Uh oh. And Brockman. Brockman. Yeah, I, I mean, I see why you're calling Al. Like, I can't. I don't. I don't think you can put this loss. On I can't me. see. I can't see why he's calling. So Al, go ahead. Well, the I'm, note I'm is that I jinxed the Falcons. Brockman yeah. keeps jinxing my Sundays. By by hyping up the Falcons like oh oh it's gonna be great for the Falcons they're gonna they're gonna do well and then I'm sitting there on Sunday like yeah yeah Brockman's on our side it's got to do well Al do well Al let me jump in here real quick oh yeah Al do you have a significant other or a wife in your life Al I do not okay so you have no idea what it's like to have uh, to cohabitate with another human being whose uh, happiness uh, affects uh, the entire household correct. Correct, Al? You don't know what that is? That I mean, feeling's I, like? I've, I've lived with girlfriends, but okay. never, All right. never, never settled down. Sarah Tiano's a much happier person when the Atlanta Falcons or the Georgia Bulldogs or the Atlanta Braves win, win a sporting event. Am I correct in saying that, Chris? <laughs> 100%. Have you in your entire life cared at all about a win and loss about any team from the state of Georgia or Atlanta before meeting Sarah Tiano? Not one iota. All right, Al, does that, make any, does that explain everything <laughs> I, for you? I mean, it makes sense. Okay, but, there but you I've go. The man's got it. The man, it literally has to live life. Okay, Al? So let's back off Brockman here for the moment, okay? Yeah, I mean, they were dominating that game. And how about throw the ball more to your fourth overall selection? How about this kid? If he's such a if he's going to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, how about throw it at him? And thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Al. Yes. I will tell you this, Sorry, though. Uh, I, I don't want to, uh. you know, the, the Atlanta Falcons um, 
defense just let Taylor Heineke just come right down the field. I thought that game was uh, yeah, was in the Heineke. can, man. Yeah, I know, right? One of the best games Matt Ryan's played yet. Cordero Patterson, Patterson is a terrific football player, yeah. and he is blossoming there. But they're one and three, which but, you but, don't want to be, by the way, in the NFC South as Tom Brady in the. I mean, it doesn't help. Are. Mike Mike Davis, thirteen carries for fourteen yards. Ugh. Like, what are we doing? Well, you yeah, just, my fantasy back then. Well, the oil you, ran out on Mike Davis, Rich. All you got to all you got to do, Chris, is just say that, and now he'll do well. So the reverse should be happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, reverse jinx. The mush. The Atlanta mush. Yeah. The Atlanta mush. Dude, <laughs> like you know what? Like Sid Bream happened a long time before Brockman ever cared. <laughs> yes, a long time. Oh, that just brought up a bad memory for me. <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, Pitts did have nine targets. Hey, Rich, can I bring up something that Chris said earlier in the hour? Uh-oh. We have about a minute to go. It's, so it'll be got? quick. Okay. He, you know, when you were talking to him about the, his Patriot fandom and Chris was saying what he was saying and he said... I'm not delusional like some people in this room. He kind of said it under his breath. Yeah. And I'm just kind of, and it stuck with me so much that I wrote Yo, it down. What are you delusional about? Like, yeah. But, so who in this room are you, you speaking yeah, who are you, of? Who's, who's delusional? What do you mean? What do you mean, what do I mean? What do you mean, what do I mean? Who's delusional in this room? Well, I mean, there's three other people in the room. Okay. Right, so, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So who is it? Who's delusional yeah, with the delusion in the, in the studio? Oh, like, because I gave a clue here. I went like half an hour oh, well, and didn't say well, a word, well, so got, it couldn't have got, been me. We got Del Tufo. Are you saying all three of us? Is that what you're saying? Del Tufo's tweeting hypocrisies on all Twitter right now. All right, so it's Del Tufo. Very good. <laughs> Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs. It's his birthday tomorrow. He Kill just played the game on the same field. It was a Kelsey Palooza this weekend.